Win big in 2021 with Rotoballer.com's MLB Premium Pass. Rotoballer's Premium DFS package includes 15 exclusive tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, our lineup optimizer, and so much more to help you win big. You can get access to our premium Slack channel where we chat about some of our favorite plays and strategy right up until lineups lock. For a limited time, get your MLB Premium Pass for 50% off. Use my promo code CATCHER for another 10% discount. It's a real win-win. Strike them out, throw them out. Just visit rotoballer.com slash radio. Sign up today and start rotoballing like a boss. Hello, welcome to episode 11 of the Catcher's Corner. Uh, I'm Eric Samolski, joined as always by my co-host Sammy Ackley. Sammy, how you doing? I'm still recovering. Saturday night, Game 7, like we were talking about this earlier, Game 7 Brooklyn Nets. Dude, I don't think I can do another Game 7 the rest of my life. It was just, it's too much. It's legit yeah, you, too much. You got to go when they, you, you got to go back for another one because you need a win. You need no, a win I don't want another one. I want sweeps, baby. I don't want Game 7s. <laughs> I want sweeps. That's what I want. Explain to the viewers why you're not a bandwagon Brooklyn Nets fan. Why? Yeah. They don't know. I've never been, I mean, I don't think there's anything, but like I was, I've been on the Nets bandwagon since they came to Brooklyn. I don't think I just jumping on a bandwagon. Yeah. Like I've been there through the, you know, I, I didn't have a rooting interest basketball wise as a kid. I was a Jordan fan. So I, I just loved watching them trump the Knicks. So I couldn't become a Knicks fan after Jordan retired. That would be like, you know, shady. And, and you are a Brooklyn boy. I am. I'm Brooklyn born and raised, baby. Let's do this. So, just wanted people. You know, anything, to, any jersey that has Brooklyn across the chest, yeah. I'm all about it. Exactly. I'm people just needed it. to know. They needed to know that yeah. about you, I mean, so I'm they didn't think yet. you were. I've you been there through the lean with, years, through the Billy King. Like, come on. Hmm. When he, when he, so, when, when that trade came to fruition, when we got no picks, come on, baby. And still now, on and that you, you still made it back. Now look at um, that, so, and we're thriving. It's true. Let's see how it goes next year. Um. We've got a nice guest for everybody today. Um, we're joined by Micah Henry. Uh, Micah, say hi to all the people. What's going on, guys? Uh, hope you're having a good night, good day, whatever, whatever time you listen to this. <laughs> so, Micah, tell everybody uh, where they can find you on, on Twitter, where they can read your stuff. Yes, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at uh, FannyCentral1. Uh, I write for um, NewLetFancy.com, uh, RotorRinks.com, uh, FanTracks.com, and uh, NBC uh, Sports Edge. And that's um, a recent thing, right? NBC Sports. I think like you yep. just moved into that space. Yeah. Congrats, now, by the way. Congrats, thank big you. moves. Thank, thank you. Now I have like just a weekly uh, points league type column that I come out with every um, every Sunday morning, afternoon type time, and I just you know run over a bunch of guys that you should pick up in points leagues. Now, now so that- I will say I will say the thing that really attracted me to your content, like you know, I, I was telling Eric like I, I'm not a huge. Like he's the deep diver, right? He's the guy. Like Eric is the guy that jumps into the numbers and like breaks down all of these different data points, right? I'm more of a visual. Like I just need to watch players and I can tell if something something's like to my liking. And I think the way you put out your tweets, the Micah's notes, mm-hmm. you know, it's like digestible and not overly data like dominant. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I can literally read your. Th- I was like, all right, this guy. Like I just picked up Ross Stripling based on your, on your tweet about there being some value there, and then watch yeah. this video and be like, okay, I can see where what he's talking about. So yeah. I, if anybody's looking for some like easily digestible, hey, content that's relevant to your leagues, you know, hit Micah's notes up. Good, good read. And I, yeah, I want to speak on this. Interesting, because I mean. Like you see, you once you put yourself in in the uh, you know in the industry in the community, you see there's so many like there's so many smart people, so right. many people that just know so much information, and there's so many people yep. that know that know more than you know. There's like seriously, like that know like you know like stuff deeper, you know, right. like that more more in depth, and you kind of yeah. just you know, realize that you at that you know, at you know at some point you just don't know that type of math, that type of th- that type of stuff that deep, right. and you, you know what you know, so you kind of just like you know accept that and just. Put out, put, put, out yep. put out content that you know yep. that's at your strength if that makes yep. sense you know yeah so, I mean yeah. yeah so I mean those 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 micro notes I just try to give like 
the information that people need to know. The one the, the data, you know, the metrics that yep. kind of matter and what yep. they what how they correlate with you know what uh, what's happening on the field, you know, what's how they're performing. So yeah, Absolutely. I mean, thank 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 you for that though. Thank you for uh, I no, appreciate you checking keep, out the keep, notes. Yeah, keep 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 doing that. That that works. Yeah. I t- I I unfortunately had to take a take a few days off this weekend just because I was a little just felt a little jam packed with stuff. But yeah, I'm definitely they'll be out tonight. You know, they'll be yeah. out. Most, most I'll be I'll be looking week. forward to it, bro. And I'm I'm glad you mentioned that too because you know this is the first year that you know for me and then I you know doing this podcast I kind of dragged Sammy into it too. But this is the first year I really we dove into the you know, I guess writing and being and creating things in the industry. And I've seen that like what I started doing when I started writing columns and content and stuff was just focusing on the things that other people were writing about and the stats that other people mm-hmm. were diving into and trying to do more stats and more numbers. And like, I'm not a math guy. I was mm-hmm. not, a, I wasn't a math guy. I was, I enjoyed math, I think to like ninth grade. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it started getting real complicated and I, I was out. Yep. So I, I I started I realizing over the, the in math. I was just math class for the girls. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had a small school, baby. Like I was gonna say, were, weren't they in all your classes though? Were yeah. the girls in all of your classes? But, so I was in math class. <laughs> so because the girls. Fair. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I mean, I started. I gravitated towards doing those videos because I was like, I got to find yeah. the thing that I do that I like doing, and mm-hmm. that's what I think you're talking about with you know with Micah's notes is like is there you don't have to do the content that other people are doing um you can do the content that you like doing that you want to see and you know sammy was kind of pushing for me on that stuff where he was like these things are more digestible this is more this is easier to see people want to see things people want to do whatever and i think that that's it's important that we don't need to always kind of dive into crazy numbers and these x stats and this whatever because it's not always the most relevant Right, right. I, I, that's spot on. I mean, and I, I'm really thankful that there are people though that do know how to get real into the grid and grind, like you know what I mean, like right, right in right into deep into all the in depth stuff. I'm really happy to have those people, but I mean, yeah, I, just I'm tell not me wanna... who to pick. Just tell me who to pick up and tell me where there's value, and that's all I need. I don't need anything else. Just tell me who to pick up. I, w- I will also say, Eric, I, I do love your videos, man. I, I mean, they're I did A plus content, in my opinion. I love, I, I love checking them out. I love, you know, just I di- digesting that, you know, the information yeah. that you put out. Thank you, I appreciate that. I, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I second what Sammy was saying about your notes. Um, you know, I've been reading them a bunch. So, well, it's, and since Sammy wants to know if he should, who he should pick up, I say we just we dive right into this because there is a a hot pickup. Who realistically is probably not a pickup because he's owned in every league where he's available. But uh, you're, we're going to be posting this live on on Tuesday, which means that will be the night of Wanda Franco's debut. Much so, anticipated. Micah, are you? What are you expecting to see from him for the remainder of this season? This season only. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I'm, I'm expecting him to come out and just start hitting. I'm I, I'm gonna put those expectations expectations out there just because that's what he's been, he's been doing his entire career. You know, not striking out a lot, um, just running, stealing bases, hitting home runs, great back control. You know, poised every at bat. He's, he has that professional feel to him. He's had it for a while. So I mean, I think he's just gonna come out here and just start hitting from the gate. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. Is what it is. But I, I'll put those expectations out there for sure. Listen, as somebody who's owned Vladimir Guerrero. And mm-hmm. Jared Kalenic, who mm-hmm. both come out of the gates, uh, you know, like superstar hype, who have come out of the gates slow. Mm-hmm. I will say that you know, I'm I'm not I'm not I, I hear what you say, Michael. Like I'm all in on like the talent, but like I can I can literally sit here and say it's possible he's a dud in his first month or so. And he picks up after that. It's completely. It's, it's completely possible. It's completely yep. no. I, I that's that's what I would say. I would say it's completely possible. But right. the something about Franco is his approach. The fact that he he has such great control of the strike zone. It's right. just, I don't know. Something feels different about the, about this prospect. You know, Kellen had had his strikeout issues. Some strikeout issues. You know, I don't know. Right. But Fra- Franco, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens though. But yeah. Franco, feels, Franco just feels different. And with, and with that, yep. folks, we end the show. and and it is you know it is important to point out that that you know franco's playing better at triple a than kelnick was and that's not to necessarily say that like he's definitely going to come up and be better than kelnick was but it's just it is to say you know kelnick was called up quickly there was a lot of hype around making sure that you know he could have made it out of spring or whatever um you know and wander franco 
he's he's got 162 at bats already in AAA. He's got 40 games under his belt. He's hitting over 300. The OBP is high. You know, he's hitting the ball hard. So you know, there's a little bit more of a track record. But I I I just think we're learning this year that we shouldn't always expect those that immediate success, right? We've seen it with a lot of the pitching prospects. Uh, you know, Logan Gilbert's kind of come into his own. Daniel Lynch came and went. Matt Manning's debut was fine. You know, Kelnick is a, was a rough start. Um, we're starting to see, you know, I mean, Alex Karoloff and, and Trevor Larnick have been solid for Minnesota, not lighting the world on fire. But those guys didn't come in with Wander Franco right. expectations. I feel like Tatis was similar too. Like Tatis was up there in terms of, but not like super hyped. I feel like, mm-hmm. and he came in and he just set the league on fire when he came in. I remember like, so it seems like the guys that don't have that kind of lofty expectations come in and kind of uh, maybe are a little bit ease. I, I, I don't know, but uh, it's always fun when these uh, shiny new toys come into the league and guys get to put them in their lineups. It's always fun mm-hmm. to dream big dreams. Mm. Yeah, I feel, I feel at this point, it feels it's so like so uh, situational. You know, it's like every every prospect, everyone has their own issues or yeah. mental mental challenges. You know, all, all this type of stuff that, that people go through when they get first caught up. So you know, who knows what certain people go through. So I guess it all depends on you know a certain guy's poise, certain guys. You know, yep. how, how confident or how ready he is. You know what I mean? Yep. And how and how they can handle those struggles because there's inevitably mm-hmm. going to be a stretch where he's you know over. 10 0 for 14 0 for 16 mm. whatever it is just because he's facing major league arms right. how does he how does he respond to that um and i think sammy your point is right i mean tatis came up back when you know you just you could just jump from double a i don't think anybody expected him to be up at the time that he was and do what yeah. he did yeah um I mean, there was a lot so. of concerns about his strikeout rate and the whole deal and they were like really kind of iffy on his ability to get bat on ball but like <laughs> yeah no more, <laughs> no more. But, <laughs> but listen, the the Chicago White Sox got James Shields for a playoff run, and that's really all that matters in that <laughs> Fernando Tatis trade. So. Oh my God, worst trade in baseball history, in my opinion. Um, it, might, it so, might just be. It might just be. Yeah. It's it's pretty bad. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna get into. Unfortunately, we're gonna start negative and then end with the positive. So we're gonna talk about um, some guys that have had some slow and hot starts to the month of June and whether we're still buying in on these guys or whether there's some level of concern. So Micah, we're going to start with you because this is a guy I know is featured in your, in your Micah yes. notes a bunch during yes, the year. Yes. Um, and he's a guy, this, that is, I, guy. He's my this guy. is a guy, this is a guy that I was excited about. You and I actually t- talked on Twitter about this and I, I dropped him one too many times and wasn't able to pick him back up. Um, but in the month of June, Dylan Cease has a 6.75 ERA uh, across 18.2 innings, but he still has a 26.7 K percentage um, and a 20.9 K minus walk rate, and that's a stat we're going to be looking at because it it usually heavily correlates to pitcher success. Because obviously, if you're striking out a lot of guys and not walking a lot, you've got not only dynamic stuff but good command. Uh, so, Micah, what's your concern level for Dylan Cease right now? I mean, it's just interesting. Interesting because I, I, he's he's in that he's like in the midst of that development stage. He always has been, even when he was having those these starts that looked like he's like an ace. He's still in that you know developmental stage. He hasn't really left that yet. So I mean, when he has like these starts that are like aren't good, like he's for me, he's my opinion doesn't really change. It's more so I'm just like, all right, he's still in that you know that type of stage. But, I mean, yeah, he's still getting lots of swings and misses with that you know slider, throwing it into uh, left hand hitter, hitters away from right hand hitters. You know the fastball is still hard, and he's learned to command it better. And like I watched some of his starts, and he sometimes shows like that poise, especially against good teams. Like in the last start against Astros, first couple innings he was like poised, he was you know he was on his mark. Then like you know sometimes the control got away from him, he starts to get a little you know shaky, you know not as confident, and that kind of you know hurts his performance. So, I mean he's still you no know, in the midst of that stage. So I mean it's possible he doesn't reach that ceiling yet this season of consistency, but I think in the future he's definitely you know on the right uh, the right path for sure. I mean, one of the things that really like I'm looking at is his ability in June so far, his walk rate is down to 5.8%, which is, mm. I think, you know, a good step forward um, for somebody who's had, you know, double digit, you know, walk percentages the last two months. Um, right. So, hey, maybe, you know, that development starting to come quicker than we thought. Mm. And that's an interesting thing you bring up as, as a young pitcher with dynamic stuff starts to get to lower the walk rate, that means he's obviously throwing more pitches in the zone, which right. might mean he's getting hit more. So it's finding that balance that right. Mike is talking about, right? Developmental mm-hmm. is like, how much of the zone do I want to get? 
And I think also, you know, maybe he's still learning that other pitch, right? I mean, the changeup has kind of come and gone. He's got the slider and the curve. So he's he's rounding out the arsenal a little bit. Yeah. And that changeup is interesting. He he he's throwing it up, you know, up in a away to um nothing hitters, up and in sometimes right hand hitters. Uh like kind of like Giolito does, you know. I guess he probably he probably Giolito probably t- told him, you know, told him something about this. So I mean he's still learning, you know, the proper way to use that changeup. But I feel like if he can use that changeup effectively, I mean I think that would just help him, you know, big time. Yeah, I think cha- that uh, honestly, they say the changeup is usually the easiest, you know, kind of breaking ball or off speed pitch to kind of throw. But I always felt like the changeup is not as easy as as they made it out to be because there's yeah. there's so many intricacies, you know, to 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 dialing it back, you know, to getting it to dive. Like there's so many different things that go into disguising it. Um, that it, it's really more intricate than just throwing it like a fastball, which most, mm. which is what they used to teach us. It's it's really it's not as easy as people think it is. And there's so many variations of changeups these days: split change, yep. you know, circle yep. change, yep. firm changeups. It's ridiculous. Yep. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's you know, split. Yeah, there's yeah. there's well, a lot of. Well, let's take let's take the pitching ninja for that one, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think none of us are really concerned or out on Dylan Cease. I imagine yeah. to give we're just we're it's a young pitcher just mm-hmm. going through the, the you know the learning stages. Sammy, the as, a, as a Yankee fan, I'm going to turn to you first for the next one. Um, in June, Domingo Herman has a 7.11 ERA in 19 innings. He has a 19% strikeout rate and a 13.1 strikeout to walk rate. Um, as a Yankee fan and as a fantasy player, are you concerned about Domingo Herman? You know, the thing that really, like, I was thinking about, I think you brought this up a couple weeks ago when the Eno Saris article dropped about the substance, substance use by the pitchers. And, you know, ever since that article and that enforcement has kind of, you know, come up, you know, it's been, you know, a nosedive for, for Domingo. Um and the one bugaboo that's plagued him all season is still happening, which is the the home run ball. Um, I do. I've always liked Domingo because I, I like these these lanky guys that can throw. You know, have decent velocity somewhere in the mid nineties, right? Ninety fours, ninety fives that have three offerings, change up, and I like his curveball. I just I don't know if he's going to be able. I don't know if you can adjust midseason. Matt Boyd had this problem a couple of years ago, right? Like where he was just giving up home runs left and right, and I don't think that's something you fix midseason. That's not you know, it's not something you can just literally just switch off and say, you know what, dude, I'm going to stop giving up bombs. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't change. So yeah. I'm a little concerned. I'm also concerned that there may be, and you know, Garrett Cole's on this team, and you saw that press conference. Um, so I'm a little concerned that maybe, you know, he was part of that. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to, I don't have evidence of it, but you know, uh, you know, birds of a feather flock together on teams. Um, so I'm a little concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I will say there's nothing that jumps out. I just was checking on his stack cast page in the spin rate of the fastball. And there's nothing that really jumps out in the last three, four games that would suggest that the spin rate is, is vastly different. Uh, but again, we're just learning what, what affects yeah those will have. Um, so I'm not, you know, it, it is something to keep an eye on. Michael, was Domingo Herman ever a guy you were in on? Um, it, does this, does the June performance kind of change the way you view him? Yeah, he was a, he was a guy I was looking to hold, you know, as a, just kind of like a deaf piece, uh, back end starter, you can, you know, put it into your lineup if you need some extra innings, extra ratios real quick. But I mean, and even at this point, I'm not, not, I'm not too, too concerned just because I think, I think the problem comes from his pitch, uh, his pitch uh, usages, pitch mix. I think if he throws that changeup a lot more than he does, I think he could be effective. He already throws a curveball as his most used pitch, but I think if he throws curveball, change changeup, then fastball, I think he'd limit the home runs. I, I believe that fastballs getting hit, you know, hit a lot. I don't know how many, how many of the home runs he's allowed has come off the fastball, but it's, I'm just going to assume it's probably it's probably most of them. It has been a um, not his best pitch. Um, it is the most home runs he's allowed are on the fastball. That's eight on the year, um, and he has mm-hmm. six others spread out amongst the changeup and the sinker. Um, it is interesting to note that two of the really bad starts in um, June came against the Phillies, the A's, and then he gave up three runs and in five innings against the Rays. So it's not like he's facing – ridiculously easy competition you know the phillies the a's the rays they, they have guys that can you know 
can run a few out of the yard. Gave up two home runs in the Rays game. Gave up two home runs in the A's game. Um, so you know, they're so what you're saying. Those is, issues you're talking about is that the Yankees, if they make the playoffs, should not be pitching him against good teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I'll say this if nobody else does. Don't sure. pitch him and, if, and if he was on my fantasy team, I would also probably not be pitching him against good yeah, teams. Good teams. Yeah. Right? yeah, I agree. Um, oh, one one guy I'm a little concerned about, but I but I'm still holding anywhere I have him, and I've actively picked him up in a couple places. Um, is Eduardo Rodriguez? Uh, so in June. He has an 836 ERA across 14 innings, but he has a 31.3 strikeout rate in June and a 23.4 K minus walk rate, um, which is obviously showing you the swing and miss. Part of the reason that I've you know been picking him up, um, he's got uh, above average CSW, um, above 30 CSW on the fastball, the cutter. Um, and then also the slider, which he doesn't throw a bunch. Um, and he has a 15.4% swinging strike rate on the fastball and a 14.5% swinging strike rate on the change. So he is getting swings and misses. He is missing bats. The issue that I see is that the changeup has also been giving up a lot of hard contact, and that's his bread and butter pitch, and he's got to get that working. Uh, Micah, you have any concerns about Erod? Honestly, at this point, I think he's one of my uh, favorite bylaws in uh, in fantasy. I, I think he's been, you know, as you stated, the change up getting up a lot of hard contact. And I think he's just been super unlucky in general. I think he's going to have, like, you know, you see, you kind of look at his line and you, and, you, and you see the data behind it. You kind of see, like, some of those are runs he's given up and, like, they, they really shouldn't be there because the strikeout totals are still there. I think he has a career high at uh, K-minus uh, walk rate. I'm not That's sure. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, like, he's he's been good. So, I mean, definitely one of my uh, favorite guys by low on right now. I mean, it pains me to say this, but I've I, I've always kind of liked Erod though. Yeah, I know it's just something about him I've always liked. He's a good. And that's my in, that's my insight. You guys are spitting out numbers. That's hard. Like, yeah. No, but that's listen. As a Yankee fan, that's hard for you to say. It is. Um, <laughs> look at and and just like you know numbers leaping off off the leaping off the page. Also, like he has a three eighty BABIP right now. Um. Mm-hmm. And you know he's he has been in the high two hundreds, low three hundreds, but three eighty is is crazy, and he's got a sixty two percent left on base percentage, which means of the runners that you know he that he that he allows on base when relievers and stuff come in, um, he's not he's not stranding runners, and people that come in after him are not stranding his runners. So at a rate that is um, abnormal, so there are a lot of things to Micah's point that feel off. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at these numbers, and these X stats are pretty insane off of his fastball. Like, mm-hmm. adding average on his fastball is 328, but the XBA is 235. Yeah, what? I saw it. I saw the, it. Slug, the slug is 642 on his fastball, but the X slug is 425. That's like, what, 200 points? Yeah. That's insane. Mikey, you said, are- oh, this dude needs to find like a four-leaf clover <laughs> somewhere. Like, just a positive regression, dude. What's going on? The ERA is 261, or sorry, 621 on the year, but he has a 338 mm. XFIP, and his Sierra, um, his Sierra on the year is 357. This we're talking about a three-run difference, right? That's a in, huge Sierra. in all of his productive stats. That's kind of weird. I feel like when their numbers are that kind of far apart, like I don't know, I don't feel like there's enough positive regression to get them close. You know what I'm saying? Like if he does. It's just not going to be much of a different. I don't know. I just feel like that's too wide of a chasm to to, to cover. Yeah, but I think I think you know you're not looking to get to those numbers. But if you get if you get that performance from him, middle, if yeah. you get a 3.50 ERA from the time you pick him up to the end of the year, you're happy with it. So that's to Micah's point about him being you know a buy low guy. I'm in on that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, last slow start pitcher we're going to get to is the one that Sammy's been reading all the articles about. Uh, we've got Dylan Bundy, who's a seven ERA in June across twelve innings pitched. He has just a twelve point seven percent strikeout rate, which is giving him a three point six percent K minus walk rate. Um, Micah Sammy gets super angry when he reads that Dylan Bundy is a buy low. Do you think <laughs> Dylan Bundy is a buy low? I think he is just because of his. Uh, he's you know he's a veteran. No, he, he but he isn't using his best his best pitch the most, which is his slider. I think if he just throws that slider more, 
and then we're all and this is also assuming that he's healthy you know that's there's a bit of speculation that he might be hurt or might be nursing some kind of lingering problem we don't know that officially yet i don't nobody knows that it's a speculation but i think you know if he is 100 percent healthy he needs to throw that slider a lot more and i mean i think that would help him big time well that's what you were saying eric like i don't know yeah. why he, he's throwing that slider more yeah, it was it was his third or fourth most used pitch in his last couple of games. So it's not even like he's just going to the fastball a lot. He's just using his other pitches more, and it's it's mm-hmm. super strange. Um, I'm not. A, I don't really understand what's going on. But Sammy, why why are you not a believer? Why does it anger you so much when you read that he should be a buy low guy? I just I, I get tired. <laughs> I feel like I feel like like I'm back in high school and like that. This one girl that you always like just kind of teases you along and then basically shuts the door in your face. Like I feel like this is what it is. Like we're gonna keep seeing articles on Dylan Bundy, yo, buy low, buy low, buy low. And then you pick up Dylan Bundy or you make a trade for him and you're still waiting. And then you get hate-filled, like rage tweets from people who listen to you. Like, like I I don't know. I just feel like guys that First, the injury concerns, and then I feel like you know, like every year is like either good or just it's it's squash. I feel like this is one of those squash years, yeah. And he's in a good ballpark. He's in a, a pitching dominant ballpark with a decent team behind him, and it's like no bueno. I feel like you have some deep seated high school. No, I'm getting, I'm getting it all I was telling you, being at that game seven made me like think about what it is to be human. And I'm yeah. going through all of these like feels right now. I'm still in my bag. I'm still in my bag. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you go through it. I, I will say um, the Angel Stadium has played super hitter friendly this year. So even though in the past it's not, it hasn't been as hitter friendly, um, it is a little more hitter friendly this year than it was in the past. Um, so it is something to consider. Right. Um, let's move to some June swoons with the with the hitters. Um, Eric Hosmer is hitting only. 141 in June with a 203 slugging percentage and one home run. So Micah had, had he's has he forgotten about the launch angle thing that everybody was talking to him about? Because I felt like he figured it out last year, but maybe he didn't figure it out. I recently saw that I, I forget what uh you know what date what date range it was, but I saw that he did have a slight increase in his launch angle recently. I don't know if that's uh still continue, still going on, but I mean, I feel like he, he's going to always have some kind of inconsistency with it, so it's always going to lead to, you know, not having it for a long period of time, because I mean, last year was only, you know, 60 games, so I mean, I guarantee you if like a season went on, it probably would have, you know, fluctuated a little bit going down the stretch. So, I mean, I think he'll still be a productive player, you know, but he's been essentially, he's been kind of like Eric Hosmer of the past that we've, you know, that we've known for a while in some ways. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that this is the, you know, the downside of uh, a small sample size last year. I mean, he mm-hmm. had 115 batted balls last year. That's he already has more than that this year. So, you know, and he raised his launch angle to 8.7. It wasn't like he, it was some crazy difference. You know, we're seeing old school Eric Hosmer. Sammy, are you into old school Eric Hosmer or, or uh, let somebody else have it? Uh, somebody else can have it. Is this right? Like his launch angle, is stack is Statcast like flipping its lid? Like, yo, his launch angle is at 2.8. Is that real? Yeah, but that that's, listen. That's they meant to- 8.2 and they flipped it by accident. <laughs> No, that's what it was. That's what it was for him before. I actually just I just looked it up. It's actually big time. It's up big time so far in June. He's he's been destroying the ball in June from a quality contact uh, point of view. Well, okay. he's always been that guy, right? Which, like his whole deal was screw your launch angle. I'm make I'm a contact, you know, kind of guy. That's always been his mo. So, Micah, what are you seeing in the quality of contact? Uh, he's hitting the ball super hard. He's burying the ball at a. Uh, high rate and um, the launch angle was up to uh, 9.4 uh, degrees and that's as as up and he, and I'm just going to play discipline he's hitting the ball he has a 90 93.6% uh, zone contact uh, above average contact percentage and he swings the zone a lot he has a 74.3% Z swing he's not swinging outside the zone a lot he has a 27.4% O swing um, he's hitting the ball to all fields I'm looking at his profile right now I'm like whoa okay Eric Hodgson might be a, a good buy low like a, a real good buy low well, you're, yeah. you're uncovering things on the st- on the stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're that, uncovering things as we go along, and that's valuable. And that's why I mean, you know, that's why you look at the surface level numbers and you see what's beneath it. I think you know the, that's a really good point that you're pointing out, Micah. And I think also, 
you know, the 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 idea of the launch angle being up in June is also important when you go with the barrel rate and you go with, you know, uh, San Diego getting healthy. I mean, you know, Grisham's back in the lineup. Fam's starting to pick it up a lot. Mm. So, you know, that, that lineup could start to be reaching expectations that we had at the beginning. And, you know, maybe that gives Hosmer some more RBI opportunities as well. Mm. Also, does it hurt to have Fernando Tatis hitting in front of you too? Yeah. No, of course. Um, Hunter Dozier who was a, a breakout a couple of years ago has also been struggling uh, hitting 177 in June with one home run and four RBIs. I put him on here because he was battling a thumb injury earlier on in the season. Um, and I'm concerned that it may be just, a, it may not have gone away or it may have impacted his swing. Cause when you're, he was wearing a, a shield on his thumb, Obviously, when you're trying to protect your fingers from that kind of contact um, or from the residual effects of contact, it can also change your swing. Um, so we may just be seeing either a lingering injury or the effects of compensation for an injury. Uh, but I have him on a couple teams, and he's just been sitting on my bench, um, and he may find his way onto the waiver wire soon for, for a hot bat. Um, Purgatory. Um, Unless Micah, you you think there's something in there that warrants our attention? I'm not. I'm not too confident. I'm look. You know, I've I've looked at his uh, his uh, rolling charts and his you know uh, swing and miss versus uh, breaking pitches. All speed pitches is up. His you know expected uh, production versus uh, all speed breaking pitches is down. I mean, I, his BABIP is super low, which gives you some indication that he might like it's super like it's like a career out career outlier uh, low. So I mean, so there's there could be some you know production coming, but I'm not too sure. As you said, he he might still be uh dealing with that injury, dealing with the, recovering from the injury. So I mean, there's not a lot of positive signs. You know, we're in June, we're about to be we're about to be in July. At this point, there are a lot of you know bats that you need to pick up now before you know everybody else has them. So I mean, if you see a better option out there, I definitely am not opposed to dropping them for them. Dropping him for them. Yeah, I always um, like always these like you know I always have concerns about these guys that just come out of nowhere at late ages. Uh, you know, you know that they have warts. That's the reason why it took them so long to get to wherever they're at. You know, or or break through. Um, just seeing a lot of contact issues in general, which I think has always been, you know, maybe part of his mo. Um, you know, just dropping in terms of uh, just overall contact percentage for him. So. Um, yeah, always been a concern. I think you know that's not that's something you have to deal with with these kinds of guys that have power, but just I've always had contact, always had contact issues. That's the perfect segue to our next guy because we're talking about Adelie. See, I'm setting you up, Edie. I'm setting you up. I'm learning. I'm learning how to be a sidekick. (laughs) It was it was a beautiful little alley oop right there. Um, Adelie Garcia, 28 year old rookie for the Texas Rangers. So checks the uh, Sammy's aspect of it being a late breakout. Also in June, he has dude, a this dude is different. This dude is different. He's not the same. Yes, yes. And we'll, we'll get country and yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, and we'll and, and we'll get to that. I don't I don't necessarily have the same concerns as I do with Hunter Dozier, but he's on here because he's hitting two thirty four in June with only two home runs right now and a thirty two point three percent K rate which is beginning to trickle up from where he was at the beginning. And there was mm-hmm. this reputation where he was a little bit of a free swinger coming into the league, um, even though you know he hit 32 home runs in 2019 in the minors. So, Sammy, are you saying you're not as concerned about Garcia as you are with Hunter Dozier? You know, I was kicking myself because I was trying to be an expert and I'm not a fantasy expert. And I had this... So, so Michael, let me give you some backstory. I had this decision one waiver period between Jordan Luplo and Adolis Garcia. They were both on there at the wire. And I'm saying to myself, who am I going to put as my first <laughs> waiver priority? And who am I going to put money on? Uh, the thing that scared me about Adolis was his over 30% K rate. I was like, yo, guys like this. I hate owning guys like this because they're kind of like Adam Duvall types, right? Like they're kind of like short bursts and then, you know, they're terrible for weeks at a time. So I was like, oh, Jordan Lippo, I'm looking at the, oh, his ability to hit right-handers. That's always been his problem. Maybe we got, maybe we got a sleeper. Bad decision. Bad <laughs> decision. Because then Adolis came up and started bashing stuff like he was mm-hmm. out of major league and just started killing it. Um, Yeah, I, I, I think this is just, you know, Somebody who's, you know, going through the ups and downs of a major league season. This is what it is. You know, 
they made an adjustment to him. Now he's got to make an adjustment back. I think this is what it is. I think he made that first adjust adjustment. Um, and I think, you know, another one may be coming um, moving forward. And, and to your point, we may be seeing that a little bit now, just because his two home runs in the month are in the last three games. Yep. So he may be making that adjustment. Uh, Micah, do you have any concerns about this? Or you think this is just a little bit of who he is and, and people should ride it out because of that power speed? It's interesting because I mean, as you said, like he was, he was always kind of like a a, a free swinger coming into the league, um, and that, and you look at his uh, metrics and you see like that O swing is still, you know, it's it's, it's well over thirty percent. So you're like, he's still, you know, being that type of free swinger guy. And then you look, you know, going to June, he's not making a lot of contact. He's still swinging as outside the zone a lot, and you wonder if that's starting to catch up to him. Um, I I dug into him a little bit in the past, and I believe I concluded that he wasn't performing as well against pitches up in the zone. I have to dig into that a little bit more, but if that's where pitches are attacking him now, it kind of makes sense as, as to why he's uh, declining. But yeah, if he is adjusting two home runs last last few days, if he is adjusting, then yeah, definitely somebody you should be holding for now. Don't want to drop him yet in case he does, you know, figure it out. I kind of I weirdly think of him in the same way I think of Tyler O'Neill hmm. because I yeah. just see them both as these like freak athletes in terms of their power speed combo but right. a little bit of free swingers and to be fair um Adelis Garcia has a, a higher O swing than Tyler O'Neill but Tyler O'Neill's also been in the majors for four years now so maybe he's adjusting learning but I think if you're gonna hold on to or if you like a guy like Tyler O'Neill I think you run into the same thing with Adelis Garcia there's gonna be cold months yeah. there's gonna be cold weeks um but unless you're unless you can get a crazy trade offer I have way more confidence in him than I do in his teammate who I've been holding all year and it's <laughs> killing me because Nick Nick Solak is hitting 193 in June he's got Bad zero business. home runs he's got Bad one business. he's got he's got one stolen base and he has zero walks in the Dude, month of June Eric what's um, his and, what's his WRC plus yeah and he's got a 23 WRC Oof. plus <laughs> which is sorry, which is not good. That's terrible, dude. He came um, out like game buses. I thought you had like I thought you found like a dot like you knew what the hell like. Hey, oh Nick Solak coming out like crazy. Oh, I, baseball's I, terrible. I do love that you almost said I thought you knew what you were doing, but clearly, <laughs> <laughs> clearly, sorry, not. you know you know. Um, no, that listen, you, you take some you say. You take some chances at the end of drafts on power speed guys. The beginning of the year looked like he was one. Now it looks like he's not. And also the, you know, he was a hit first prospect and now that is failing him. Mike, are you, are you concerned about Nick Solak? A little bit. I mean, he's, he's looks like he's maybe he's trying too hard, pressing a little bit at the plate. His old swing is like super, it's like almost at 50% since June 1st. I mean, that's like, that's a guy that's like going up to the plate ha- almost half the time and swinging outside. The, I mean, I pitches outside the zone. I mean, that's, 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 I don't know, but I mean, if, that's if, yeah, yeah, that's very bad. I mean, There's I mean, just like, no way to cut around it. Just say what yeah. you feel, Micah, say I, what you feel. I have a couple of shares, so it's hard to talk bad about him because he then makes you want to, maybe you want to make you want to drop him. But I mean, <laughs> I don't know. You and, Eric, you and Eric might need to go for a drink soon. He, yeah, he, he, he was so hot to start the season. He had like he was—I mean, he was on fire. Then it just all just it went just all south so quick. Yeah, yeah. I don't I, know. I will say I was reading um, an article in the Athletic where he basically mentioned that his pregame routine was that before every game, after he hit on the field, he went into the cage, the automated cage, and he hit hard or high velocity fastballs from a closer distance. So he basically turned the gun up to like 95, 96, and he would step closer and he would hit right. hard, he would hit fastballs basically so that he could speed his hands up. Hmm. And then what he was realizing in the games or what the coaches helped him realize is that he was focused so much on fastballs that he was struggling aggressively with breaking balls in games. So he just now started actually hitting breaking balls off the machine before games. So it's an interesting thing like that when you when you look at it and you're like, okay, so I'm I'm willing to believe hold for a little bit longer because you're seeing a young player, um, and he's only 26. So you know he's he's still young. He's in his you know second full season in the majors because we don't count the you know or you could count the 
50 games he played in 2020. And he's starting to realize things he that in his preparation that might be wrong and is trying to switch up that preparation. Obviously, if two weeks from now, three weeks from now, the results are still the same, then it's not really the preparation. It's something else. You know, I, I just let you go on that whole – you know, diatribe there just because I knew it was making you feel better. Like, so I was just, I was just letting you get listen. some self-help. I was like, listen, just tell you so what I mean. it's important for friends to do that for friends. And I no, appreciate I'm just, you. Know, I'm here. <laughs> I'm, a family boy, dude. I'm just here. I'm here for you. Thank you. Uh, well, we're going to get into some positive things and we're going to start with Sammy. Cause we're talking my about boy, this is my boy. This is my, talking- I this is one of my uncut gems from the beginning <laughs> of the season. This is my guy. So Sammy's real excited about Sean Manaya, um, who in 26 June innings has a 1.04 ERA, a 26.5 K rate, which is giving him a 19.6 K minus walk rate. Sammy, why are you jumping out of your chair about Sean Manaya? Holla at me. Listen, listen, I told you this at the start of the season. The man was throwing 94 and touching 95 in his last start against the Yankees. Yes, what was it? Sunday, yes, yesterday, Sunday. right? Yeah. 11 Ks and five and a third. Um, dude, I love guys that know how to pitch. Guys that know how to pitch without velocity, when you give them velocity, deadly. The guy doesn't walk people, filthy slider, and now he's pumping 95 at the top of the zone. I'll take that any day of the week. Good team, great ballpark, good bullpen. Yes, please. Micah, anything to add on Sean Manaya? <laughs> I love. I mean, I like the guy. He he um he does allow that a lot a lot of a lot of a uh, hard contact, which is not you know right. ideal. But as, as you said, Sammy, with more velocity, he becomes he becomes deadly. So I mean, yeah. So I mean, I, I like what I'm seeing right now for sure. He was yeah. blowing fastballs by the Yankees last day yesterday all day at the top of the zone. He's got the he's got this deceptive kind of and he's a big dude. Like mm-hmm. he's got like these arms and legs are coming at you. From the left side, it it feels like that fastball. You know, ninety four isn't overpowering. Ninety five isn't overpowering in today's game. It was maybe ten years ago, but it's not now. But when you couple that with the kind of deceptive arms and legs coming at you, it feels like it's on top of you, um, quicker than it, than it should be. And I promise you, I promise you, by the end of this year, I will have Eric Samolski of Rotoballer. Taking back what he said about Sean Manaya in every single text message exchange we've had this season, it, we're, getting, we're getting close to that point. I mean, I, it, Sammy, to your point, you're right. That's the sinker, the average sinker velocity in that Yankee start was 93.2. It's the highest of any game all season that he's had. Um, he got all 11 strikeouts on that sinker. And he actually he didn't even throw his curveball. He went strictly sinker changeup. Change and you can do that because we know the Yankees are super right-handed heavy. Right. So against a lot of right-handed hitters, you can just go sinker changeup, sinker yep. changeup, um, and that benefited him. But yeah, listen, my concern was always his ability to, to sustain velocity, um, and now he seems to be adding velocity. So we'll see how it how it goes as the season goes on. But I think you definitely can't knock the results right now, um, and. You definitely got to keep riding him as your, as you know, if he's on your team, yeah, and absolutely. kind of hope that that year you get the guy that Sammy thinks you're going to get, and not the guy that I think I thought you were going to get. Listen, folks, if you want good pitching, just come to Catcher's Corner. We got you. We got you. <laughs> um, so let's see if we've got another one for people right now, because uh, Eric Fetty is has earned a spot in the Nationals rotation, and in June. He's thrown 12 sh- uh, shutout innings with a 30.2% K rate and a 20.9% K minus walk rate. He's actually currently on a 19-inning scoreless streak, which dates back to the end of May. Uh, Micah, are you buying into the 28-year-old Fetty? It's, 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 it's interesting. I mean, what, he, he's, he's throwing this change up a lot more. I mean, you kind of wonder if these little pitch mix changes really make as much of a difference, and it's possible they do. I mean, it's a good pitch; it doesn't allow give up a lot of hits. And I mean, I don't know. I, he's he's a guy. He's a guy that I'd I'd want to target 
if I have the space. I'm not actively looking to grab him, but I mean, this is a this is a run that you should pay, t- pay attention to and try to figure out why it's happening. So yeah, definitely a guy I'm trying to just maybe stash if I have the space for him. He's on the watch yeah. list. You put him yeah. on, the on the on the watch list. Yeah, on the watch I, list, baby. I think that's a good reaction to like a guy where you look at and you're like, "How is this happening?" Yeah, and even <laughs> even when you yeah, even that, that's, you that's dig a, in, <laughs> right? Because because even when you dig even when you dig into it, I mean, you know, he's got an above average swinging strike rate on only one pitch, which is his cutter. He's got an above average CSW on only one pitch, which is his curveball. As Michael is saying, he's throwing the changeup a little more. He's totally abandoned his four seam fastball. He's kind of gone sinker cutter. So you're like, okay, nothing about this jumps out, but then nobody's really getting hits off of him. His cutter, curveball, and changeup all give up like no hard contact whatsoever. Now all of a sudden, his last few starts, he's missing more bats. So I, I don't know, but I'll, I'll throw him on my bench, and in, yeah. especially in deep leagues, and see what's happening and see if I can figure out why it's happening. I mean, you could do worse, right? Like, you know, to take a shot on somebody that's got some interesting uh, data points. I've heard this name before. Like, this is a new, like, I've heard of Fetty. Like, he's made some spot starts for them in recent, like, in previous years. I've never, I'm actually watching some video of him now. I mean, like, it seems like he's got some decent velocity, some nice movement on on some of the off-speed and breaking pitches. So, um, yeah. Yeah, he. I mean, listen. He had a. He was a, a bullpen and a spot starter, as Sammy pointed out, in 2019 and 2020. He had a 4.5 ERA in 2019 and a 4.29 ERA in 2020. His issue was he didn't miss any bats. I mean, he had a 12.3% K rate in 2019 and a 12.6% K rate in 2020. And it's not like he's. You know, at least if you look at his season-long numbers, it's not like he's missing crazy amounts of bats. He has an 8.2% swinging strike rate on the year, but it's ticking up. And as we pointed out, he also hasn't given up a run in 19 innings. So, yeah, there could be a, there could be something interesting here. I wish he would take the K off of his first name and just go Eric, you know, traditional <laughs> C. Hold it against him. That's but, why you're not adding him. But Still whatever. Marcus Stroman. Uh, in June, has 26 innings pitched, 2.08 ERA, uh, 28.2% uh, strikeout rate with a 22.3% K minus walk rate. Obviously, we know that he and I are best friends because he retweeted one of my tweets at the beginning of the year, <laughs> and that's really all it takes. Uh, but, but Micah, are you are you buying this new version of Marcus Stroman that has low ratios and high swing and miss? Yeah, it makes sense. It correlates with the um the, with the pitch miss change. He added that uh, uh what's it called to the split change, and he's yeah. he's throwing the slider more, and you see the strikeout straight tick up. You're like, all right, this is you know this makes sense. So I mean, yeah, he's always been a guy that you know kind of goes you know deepish into games, six six seven innings, you know, a lot of a lot of ground balls. So now that he's adding he's adding this um new strikeout, I mean increased strikeout ability, and now you get kind of like a a better pitcher overall. Yeah, Eric was feverishly trying to trade Marcus Stroman in our home league. He was trying to trade him like for for weeks on end, and kept getting rebuffed. Like nobody wanted Marcus Stroman. <laughs> Yo, put some respect on that man's name, please. Yeah, that's, that's a good. That's a good thing, though. That's, that's a good thing, right? And, and listen, I mean, I think I think that's the best fantasy advice I can give right now. Is I was trying to sell high for the majority of the year, and now I'm not offering him anymore that's because right. I, I think I think early on I was just like, all right. The swing and miss hadn't settled in. We were getting low ratios, but you know the the a lot of the projection systems didn't love it. And I was like, okay, I'll I'll get something for it. I, I think it's I think it's legitimate for all the reasons that you just said, Micah. And I'm glad that teams, you know, rejected my Marcus Stroman for Eduardo Rodriguez straight up deal, which obviously worked out super well for me. Um, the last pitcher I just want to go back to because I I just dropped a video on. Six foot nine inch Bailey Ober, um, who's a rookie for the Minnesota Twins, who's thrown 13 innings so far this June with a 2.08 ERA, 34.7% strikeout rate, which is giving him a 32.7% K minus walk rate. Um, I would encourage everybody just to, to go to uh, my Twitter at SamskyNYC to watch the video because it will say more than you know I'll say in, in this short little blurb. 
But you Yo, know, this self is promotion is key, baby. Self promotion well, is key. I, I want to give people <laughs> all the details. I want to give people the details. <laughs> but call it how you, you call know, it. This is a six a six foot nine dude who has the third most extension of any starting pitcher in baseball right now. Who used to throw in the high eighties and is now throwing ninety two to ninety three which with that extension makes it more like 95, 96. Um, and because he was a soft tosser in the minors, has like pinpoint control. So now we've got a 6'9 dude who throws the equivalent of 95, but also can hit spots with you know a slider and a changeup. And he's kind of – I'm taking the Fetty route here too where I think you should – I think you should add him and see where this goes in deep leagues. Bruh. I actually watched video on this guy. I don't know what I think, not because you put him on the rundown, but like I think a couple, like a, this week or last week, I was like looking at him before this waiver period. And I was like really intrigued because of the arm action. Um, and I thought I had more time, but obviously somebody in our league must have seen your video and picked him up already. Great. They don't, they don't watch my stuff, they just make fun <laughs> of me for it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's move on. Let's move on to some hot hitters to round out this heating up with the summer. We've got Kyle Schwarber, who is hitting 270 in the month of June. However, he has 19 RBIs and an MLB leading nine home runs. Micah, are you trying to sell high on Kyle Schwarber or are you buying this for the rest of the year? I think I mean we know where he's not gonna hit, you know, these these have these multi-home run games often. He 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 might, who knows? But I mean and this might even be correlated with you know the that's uh you know spin on some of these pitchers pitches, but I mean ultimately he's always been this guy that could hit for a ton of power. So I mean it's just it's not too surprising, but at the same time I'm I don't know if I'm looking to sell if I need the power, but uh, if I get a good offer I'll definitely you know think about it. Sammy, do you buy Schwarber? Yes, We've seen this, we have seen this before. Yes, yes, he's one. Of, I remember when he came up. He this is what he he was a power guy with good on base skills. Um, so this is not like, this is not surprising. Um, this may, may also be a product of, you know, I think, you know, Joe Madden's a funny manager, <laughs> you know, and, and he did a lot of funky stuff when he was in Chicago. Um, I think when you, you know, play for, you know, a guy that like doesn't care and puts you in that lineup every day and you're hitting in a good lineup, um, you know, playing around guys like Juan Soto and Trey Turner, uh, I, you know, I think, you know, this is the type of thing where you, you're comfortable and you're going out there free and easy. Um, but the skills are real. The skills have always been there. Like this is not new. So yes. Yeah. And he's, and he's moved to the top of the lineup now. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's hitting lead off in a good team. Makes um, sense. So, so yeah, I'm, you know, I'm holding, if I had him now, um, I wasn't holding at the beginning of the year when I traded him for Mitch Hanniger. But I will also point out that, with his 270 batting average in June, he has a 222 Babbitt. So I think there might still be a little bit more in this hot streak before we start to see, um, you know, Schwarber maybe get back down to the norm. Another guy that's that's heating up a little bit, and he's been hot all year, really. But in June, Cedric Mullins is hitting 397 with an 825 slugging percentage, seven home runs, and four stolen bases to go along with it. Um, you know, Micah, I know, you know, you and I have both talked to Justin Mason this year on his podcast, and he is probably the leading Cedric Mullins believer. Mm-hmm. Are you on that hype train with Justin? I, 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 yeah, I mean, I see this 2020 upside from him. You know, he he's going to keep stealing bases. The the metrics back up the band average and what he's doing. I mean, the, and the thing with his power is it looks like he's like he's doing just enough to get these balls out of the park. You know, a lot of them aren't like, soup, you know, not 115 mile power, you know, missiles, but they're just they're just good enough, just good enough quality of contact to get you know to around 20 home runs. So yeah, I mean, this yep. is a this is a guy that's probably going to be a top 150 pick uh, next year. So yeah, we'll I mean, he's, in, Maybe. he's in a good, definitely in a good ballpark for that. Like if you're not going to mm-hmm. hit P rockets over the wall, um, it's definitely if you it's definitely the right ballpark for you. I, I thought I read something that like said that he was a switch hitter or something, and then just started to focus on on his left side yeah. rather than yep. ditch the right handed side of the plate. Like, and it yeah. was like, you know, yep. I'm just going to focus lefty. I, that's a huge deal because it eliminates another part of the game you have to work on. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. It's it's a massive deal, and your and your point also about the um, the ballpark. I mean, we know historically, 
Baltimore gets real hot. That park gets real hot in the summer and the balls fly out of there. Um, so, you know, it is something definitely to, to consider. I'm, I'm with you guys. I, I think this is real. I'd be holding on to him. I'd be trying to buy in, in keeper leagues too. I don't think this is like a sell high type of dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sammy, let's talk about his teammate because you were, you were always a believer in Ryan Mountcastle. Um, yes, and he started the, he started the year off pretty slow. Yes, sir. Uh, but he's an, he's another guy like Schwarber whose June stats are a little boosted by, you know, a three homer game, but he's right. hitting 375 in the month of June with a 750 slug, seven home runs and 19 RBIs. So what was it about Mountcastle that you liked and, and you still believe in? Uh, I just love his swing. Um, I love the swing. Like I, I remember I was watching like before the season because I had in our keeper league, I had him as a keeper. I think it was like 17th round. Um, and I easily saw like 25 plus home runs, you know, somewhere in the 80 RBI range hitting in that lineup. Um, it's just a, it, it's a guy that can, he had, he had good bat to ball skills in terms of like, I know sometimes he has swing and miss, but he was spraying the ball all over the place last year when he came up, like he was hitting the ball, the right center, you know, he go, he was going with the pitch. And that tells me um, that the dude is a hitter. He's not just some guy that's going to go up there and just hit bombs. So um, I've always liked his ability to get bat on ball and kind of go with where pitches were, were being put. Um, and I love the ballpark. I, I've always felt like that ballpark really like, you know, benefits, especially in the summertime. So you give me a guy that has that kind of skill set that can put bat on ball and just spray all over the place and put him in that ballpark, I'll take it. It reminds me of when, you know, Jonathan VR a couple years ago had one of his better seasons and I rode him to a championship in September. Kind of reminds me of like, hey, that he had a great season that year and I think anybody in that ballpark is going to benefit. Micah, do you agree? Are you are you riding this Ryan Mountcastle streak? I I, I... I see the production continuing just because I believe he's just like, as Sammy said, just this like guy that loves to swing. I mean, he, his, his uh, zone swing is like around 86%. I mean, that's, that's the guy that's yeah. going up to the plate and just, you know, recognizing yeah. pitches that he wants to hit and, and swinging at it, swinging hard and making a lot of hard contact when he, when he makes contact. So, I mean, I, he doesn't walk a lot. We know this. He doesn't have, he's not going to have like a super high uh, OBP, but I mean, this is a guy that I think, could continue to uh, hit. And we know there are hitters like this, you know, the Tim Andersons, they don't walk a lot, but they always seem to get on base. They always seem to hit the, hit the ball, you know? So, I mean, he could just be just one of those uh, batters that just loves to swing and will always be, you know, making a solid amount of contact and stuff like that. And this wasn't a guy that came out of nowhere. This was one of their top prospects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was one of their yeah. top prospects. So, I mean, mm-hmm. like for him to develop is kind of, you know, kudos to the Baltimore Orioles. I, I will say just to, you know, I'll be I'll be the guy who's a little bit you know pouring cold water on this. I think again ballpark and skills. Is this, is this um, wet I'm, blanket? Is this wet blanket, Eric? Just let's call it damp blanket, not full <laughs> wet blanket, but damp blanket. Um, but listen, he has a, he has a strikeout rate over thirty percent on the year. His O swing is up from last year. It's up over forty percent. You know, even in this hot month of, of June, you know, he's got a K percentage at 26. So I, I think you just have to expect, you know, he's got 17 strikeouts and one walk in June. I think you just have to expect that this, the swing and miss is going to be in the game, which means there are going to be series and weeks where he's not he's not hitting for that kind of power. And, you know, he's going to go on a little bit of a cold spell and he's going to strike out a lot. So I hear you, Sammy, and, and and I'm not saying, you know, abandon Mountcastle, but he is a guy where I'm like, if I'm not, if I'm looking to sell high, right. I'm gonna, I'll let this, I'll let this hot streak in the warm weather of of Baltimore Listen, this summer go. I don't hold then, it against you. I don't hold it against you. I still have love for you. Regardless, <laughs> this, is why, this is why we're on the scene. This is why we're on the show, right? Like me and you, like opposing, be like, here we go. I appreciate that. Um. Last guy we're going to talk about before we move into our final segment is Brian Reynolds, uh, who is was always known as a batting average guy. He's hitting 339 in June with a 645 slugging percentage. He has five home runs on the month uh, and 13 RBIs. So, Micah, are you buying Brian Reynolds the power hitter? I am. I mean, he's he's always had like solid quality quality of the contact. Uh, I don't have the numbers out in front of me, but if I could guess, they're probably solid again this year. So, I mean. 
he's yeah, as as you said, he's always been a contact type guy, got to hit, hit for average, and I think that's gonna, you know, and this added power that he has now, and that's gonna make him you know an even better player. He, this offseason, he had like a. 200 something ADP. And I mean, at this point, he's been a great value, you know, given that ADP. And Sammy, you just traded for him. So yeah. what was it about him that, that made you decide you wanted to go out and get him? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've always watched him from afar. Uh, I know he had a tough year last year, but I remember in 2019, like he came out of nowhere and was just like legit good hitter. Like that's the one thing that really stuck out was like, this dude knows how to hit like, you know, and I, I think he's like the anti, you know, um, you know, launch angle guy like that we see now that's, you know, home run and strikeout, you know, three, three outcome guy. Uh, he puts bat to ball. Like he hits the ball. He hits the ball hard in the gaps. Um, I, I think it's, it's a, it's a young player um, that's kind of growing into his power. Uh, and, you know, I like guys on bad teams like this guys that have, you know, a quality skill set that just, you know, teams are invested in him. The team is invested in him. And they're going to let him go out there. I, I'm, I'm with both of you on this. I mean, this is a guy with exceptional plate discipline um, and, you know, always makes uh, really solid contact. Since the end of May, his average exit velocity is just like slowly going up and up and up and up and up. Um, you know, I haven't seen anything crazy in the launch angle that makes me think that the home runs are – gonna stick long term but you know you you get a good hitter who he's not crushing 400 foot bombs but you get a good hitter who's gonna t- send some pitches over the fence because he's he's hitting the ball hard and right. you're gonna run into some and I think right. you know he's a 20 homer guy which is yeah. fine and I think it's good I think where he is in the lineup you know I think him hitting in front of or, or hit, having Adam Frazier's having a decent season in front of him and Cabrian Hayes, I think, you know, he's in an ideal spot in the lineup to drive and runs. So we're going to end this show with a segment we call Calling Pitches uh, because, obviously, since we're catchers, we have to dictate how the game goes by laying down the pitches, telling people what what to do. So uh, we're going to each give you one guy that each of us are actively trying to add off the waiver wire or trade for uh, because we think that a strong end of the season is coming uh, Micah, tell us who you chose and why. I chose my guy, man. My, my arguably one of my favorite, may, might be my favorite young player in the league right now, Alec Bohm. I mean, you see him at the plate; the presence is already there. You know, he, he, he I think he's going to be a star in the future. I think he's going to be a perennial all star at, at one point. But I mean, recently, you know, he's been you know swinging his own a ton. He's uh, hitting less ground balls. Uh, the launch angle is up. He's making a lot of uh, quality, good quality of contact. I mean. This is one one of those young players going through the ropes. You, you looked at you look at his um twenty twenty sample size. He had a hot, super high Babbitt, uh, high average this year. The Babbitt's kind of lower, so you know he's kind of like a player that's in between that, and he's kind of getting to that as as the sample size grows. So I mean, I think he's gonna grow into that, grow into that type of just you know not like a forty home run home run guy, but like a 20, 30 range with a solid average and solid uh, home runs, solid uh, runs and um RBI stats. He might steal a bit here and there, but yeah, this is a this is a stud in the making for sure. And I think he'll have a strong, uh, strong second half too. I do like Sammy. Alec who did you, who did you choose for us? Uh, a guy that like I wanted to pick up last waiver period, but obviously I didn't have money, so you know I'm I'm waiver poor. Um, Patrick Patrick Sandoval, uh, lefty from the LA Angels. I just I just like the stuff. I like the changeup. I think the changeup is real. Um, I think he he knows how to pitch because he doesn't. He doesn't force the fastball. Uh, you know, he plays. He uses the fastball to kind of set up his change. Um, and anybody that's got you know a wipeout, you know, you know, pitch like like whatever it is, whether it be a changeup. Sl- okay. Did you get a, um, did you get an amber? You get an amber alert right there. <laughs> is that no? I got an emergency national weather service. We got a tornado warning. Great. Okay. Oh, that's fun. Uh, that's all fun. <laughs> cool. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was just watching his starts. He's had a couple uh, good strikeout games. The changeup is real, and he really knows how to set it up. Um, the velo's fine. It's not a guy that's only 90. It's a guy that's going 94, 95. So, you know, those are the kind of guys that I'm interested in. Um, <clears throat> the fastball's got a, you know, with percentage over 30. Um, that changeup is close to 20 uh, at 26.1. So um, I'm, I'm in on Patrick Sandoval. I like the ballpark, even though, you know, you're saying this year it's playing up a little bit. But 
I, I just I like guys that can that can pitch that know how to pitch. Yeah, I also love. Um, I think Nick Pollock at the pitcher list calls him the Irish Panda, um, which I just think is a is a great nickname. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up on us at the last second just because Sammy took an Angels pitcher. My guy was originally going to be Alex Cobb, who I still recommend that you go and pick up. Um, I think that you know he's throwing the splitter a lot more, and I like it. Uh, but I'm gonna go with my original choice, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you to add Andrew Vaughn. And the reason I think we're going to get the summer of Vaughn is, you know, this is a this is a 23-year-old kid. Um, and I think that, you know, when we're talking about the way that prospects are adapting to the major leagues, I mean, this is a 23-year-old kid who last played in high A. So he's jumping from high A to whatever he did in the alt site last year to the majors. Jeez. And he's – Got an 11.3% barrel rate and a 92.3 average mile per hour average exit velocity, which is well above league average. His hard hit percentage is in the top five percent of the league. His max exit velocity is in the top five is in the top five percent of the league. Um, he's hitting the ball hard, and I, and I kind of think that that is going. That's kind of my primary concern, right? You've got a, a kid adjusting to. Major League Baseball, who's hitting the ball hard when he's getting a chance to hit the ball. His O swing isn't egregious. You know, 32% is not great, but it's not terrible. His zone contact is up at 88%, so he makes a lot of contact in the zone. So I think you're you're slowly going to start to see, as he gets more comfortable, you're going to start to see him drive the ball a little more. I mean, I know that the power ratings on him as a prospect were super high. Fangraphs has him as a 60 raw power hitter. So, you know, I, I just think I don't want us to lose sight of what this kid is doing at 23 years old with one year of minor league experience under his belt. Bro, I'm just uh, going to say one thing. One, one thing. You know that the Summer of Vaughn sounds like a horror movie. I'm okay it with just, that. It sounds like a horror movie. It's like so, like Son of Sam, Summer of Vaughn. Like, Would you're, you? You're, if you're saying this dude's going to do well, like you're predicting a good, like, Horror movie wouldn't be what I would correlate it to. What if he's what if he's slaughtering pitchers, Sammy? <laughs> <laughs> what if his what if his stat cast page um, um, is blood red? I got I mean, nothing. I got nothing. There's so many ways so many ways you could go with this. And, like, it's um, uh, that's a that's a way to close <laughs> it out, Eric. Well, yeah, listen, Micah, Sammy and I need to hunker down for this tornado that's apparently coming. So why don't you uh <laughs> why don't you tell everybody one last time where they can find your work and read your stuff? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter uh, at Fantasy Central One. That's the uh, number one. I write for uh, NewLifeFantasy.com, uh, RotorRanks.com, uh, NFBC, NBC Sports Edge, and uh, Fantrax. And uh, yeah, I have uh, my Points League waiver wire uh, column that comes out every Sunday uh, for NBC, and I have a, a Players Trend series that I'm still working on for uh, Fantrax. So definitely check those out. Look out for those. And obviously, he has his Micah notes. notes and the Micah right. notes. And the and Micah, Micah notes. It has a good uh, ring to it too. Micah notes, like you know, it, just, <laughs> it just kind of rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Micah, thanks for coming on, man. We had a really good time for sure, man. Thank you, yeah, uh, man. It was good having you, bro. Sammy, close the windows. Bring everything inside. <laughs> I don't even. They tell me to hunker down, go into. I don't even have a basement. Like, where am I supposed to go? <laughs> I don't. I live in an apartment building. I don't have a basement. Garage. Listen, hopefully, hopefully people get to hear this and I can put this episode out tomorrow. Who knows with this tornado? 